Hi, this is Pastor Dale O'Shills of Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I want to invite you to tune in to our weekly radio program titled Practical Living right here on WAVA every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And I also would encourage you to join us for one of our weekend worship services. All the information about services and locations can be found at our website at church-redeemer.org. That's church-redeemer.org. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. Jonah was given a mission by God. He was a prophet of Israel, the ten northern tribes of Israel. And he's given this mission to leave northern Israel and to go to a place called Nineveh, which was the capital city of Assyria, and to preach a message of repentance to this group of people. Now, the Assyrians were a constant threat at this time to Israel, and so Jonah did not want to go and preach this message because he did not want to see them repent. He did not want them to turn from their ways. He wanted God to destroy them. And his great fear was, if I go and preach to the Assyrians in Nineveh, they're going to repent of their ways, they're going to turn to God, and and God's going to be nice to them. And I don't want God to be nice to them. I want God to destroy them. And so Jonah leaves northern Israel, and he goes down to a place called Joppa, and he gets on a boat, and once he gets on that boat, he heads away from God as far as he could possibly go, as we see here in verse number three. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. And as he's on the way there, a storm breaks out. And in this storm, of course, uh, the, it's, it's a very life-threatening kind of storm, and the, the sailors are trying to determine who's causing this. Certainly, uh, God must be mad at somebody because the storm is terrible, and so they end up casting lots, and Jonah is the one that's picked. And of course, then we see this happening as the Bible describes it here in Jonah chapter 1, verse 15. Then they took Jonah and threw him where? Overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. And so now Jonah finds himself in the water. He's overboard in the raging sea, and now the raging sea has become calm, and Jonah is there in the deep blue Mediterranean ocean, all alone. And notice what happens next in verse 17. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. I want you to particularly notice this one phrase here. Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. While it's great that Jonah did not drown in the sea, Jonah finds himself in a situation that is very dark. I've never been in the belly of a huge fish before, but I can only imagine that it's fairly dark in there. And I can only imagine that the stench is pretty strong and that the gastric juices are working all around me and you can just use your imagination for a moment to kind of figure out this wasn't the most pleasant place to be at in the world. It's certainly better than drowning, but here you are in the belly of a huge fish and you're in a very dark place and you're saying, I got myself into this situation. 
I've gotten myself into a, not only a storm now, but now I'm in a very dark place. What am I supposed to do now? What do you do when you're in a dark place? And the first lesson certainly applies to all of us to understand that dark places are very real in our lives. One of the myths of following Jesus is the idea that true believers always live sunshiny lives. Everything's peaches and cream. And there's some theologies that exist in our world today that will tell you if you follow Jesus, everything's going to basically be all right. You'll have a perfect sort of life. And it couldn't be anything further from the truth. To live for Jesus is to find, certainly to find joy and peace and security and to find an abundant life in Him. But this does in no way mean that we will never go through dark moments, dark situations of life. All of us at some point in time are going to face very dark days. Jesus himself went through a very dark moment. We see it described in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, on the night before he's going to be crucified. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying this prayer. Please notice the agony in which he prays these words. My soul, notice this word, is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Jesus says, I feel like I'm dying here. In the Garden of Gethsemane, there he, he's overwhelmed with, with sorrow to the point of death. He says to his disciples, stay here and keep watch. He wanted the encouragement and the comfort of people around him because of the depth of darkness he was facing in his own soul at that moment. The psalmist David certainly understood dark moments in his life. We studied this just a few weeks ago, but listen to it again. Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley or the valley of deep darkness. I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. But David said, I have walked through some very dark places in my life. As a prophet by the name of Elijah in the Bible, Elijah also had a very dark moment in his life experience, actually multiple dark moments. Let me tell you about one of those moments that follows a great victory. Because Elijah the prophet, as you read about his life in 1 Kings chapter 18, he's serving during the time of a very evil king by the name of Ahab who had a wife named Jezebel. And they worshipped Baal, and so they had established a great extensive worship of Baal in Israel. And so there's this moment, as you read about in 1 Kings chapter 18, where Elijah is confronting the prophets of Baal. There were 450 prophets of Baal. And so in this contest between Elijah and the 450 prophets of Baal, God comes through for Elijah in an incredible way. It's a miracle of what happens there. I will not go into the details of the story. I would encourage you to read it in your own time. But it's a great miracle that happens when God allows his power to be shown in a dramatic way way. So Elijah has this great experience, and right after that he learns that Ahab and Jezebel, Jezebel particularly, has designs on his life, wants to kill him. And so take a look at what Elijah does at this moment. The Bible says Elijah was, what was he? He was afraid, and he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servants there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and what did he do? Prayed that he might die. I would call that a dark day, wouldn't you? Have you ever prayed? God, I'm ready to go. It's over with. I'd just as soon die. And he makes this continuing prayer. I've had enough, Lord. 
take my life, I'm no better than my ancestors. A very dark moment in Jesus' life, a very dark moment we see certainly in David's life, the psalmist David, a very dark moment in Elijah's life. We talked about it last week. It was a dark moment in the life of the apostle Peter. After Jesus had predicted that Peter was going to deny him three times and then the rooster would crow and indeed that happened and immediately following the crowing of the rooster, Peter looked up and saw the eyes of Jesus and Jesus looking at him and notice what happens. He went out and wept bitterly. We call that a dark moment. It was so dark that Peter did not know if he could recover from it and not too many days later he makes this statement, I'm going out to fish. I'm not sure I can do this disciple apostle thing anymore. I think I'll go back to doing what I did before and be a fisherman and said to the other disciples, they said, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Notice that night. This is a dark place. What I want to say to each one of us here today is that all of us go through dark times in life. Jonah found himself in a very dark place. He did not understand what was happening to him. And there will be seasons in your life that you will go through moments that you do not know what's happening to you. You can't figure out what's going on in your life right now. Everything seems dark. The light that you had before doesn't seem to be shining any longer. The presence of God that you felt before doesn't seem to be as real to you as it was perhaps in times past. There are moments in all of our lives when we find ourselves in the belly of a huge fish and it seems very dark. And perhaps there's someone in this room today or someone in our Frederick campus today or someone watching online and you can say, that's right where I am today. I just don't know if I can do this anymore. I'm not sure if I can make it through what I'm going through. Life seems so dark in this moment. Jonah found himself in a dark place. Here's the second lesson for us today. We learn from Jonah that dark places require something. What, is the, what do they require? They require action. In, in dark places, listen to me, when you're in a dark place in life, here's what you're going to be tempted to do, to become very spiritually passive. Life is hard, things seem dark, I can't seem to feel God like I used to feel Him or understand what He's doing in my life, and so I'm just going to sort of pull up the spiritual covers over my head and bury myself in my spiritual pillow and just sort of zone out because I'm not sure I can do this anymore. In dark places, passivity, spiritual passivity is a big temptation, just going to be passive because you've lost hope and you're feeling like giving up. You're at that place of sort of resignation. It's that place of, I'm just going to sort of sleep my way through this, spiritually speaking. Let me tell you that inactivity in a dark place is the worst thing that you can do. When you're in a dark place, it's not time to be passive. It's time to get active. When you're in a dark place, it's time to exercise your spiritual muscles. And we see this in Jonah's life. Jonah had been very passive in the storm, but he becomes very active in the belly of the fish. He finally spiritually wakes up. Take a look with me at the actions of Jonah now in the dark place called the belly of the great fish. From inside the fish. Everyone say inside the fish. Where is he? 
He's inside the fish. What does he do? Jonah, he was not praying on the boat, but now he's praying in the belly. Okay. You don't see Jonah praying in the boat ever. Never mentions Jonah praying in the boat. In fact, all it says about Jonah in the boat is he's sleeping in the boat. Okay. But by the time he's out of the boat into the belly, he begins to, I've got to change some things in my life. And so he begins to pray. He becomes spiritually activated. In the dark place, he begins to do something. So from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. He said, again, activity in my distress. I called to the Lord. He answered me from deep in the realm of the dead. I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas. And the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I've been banished from your sight, yet I will look again. I will look again toward your holy temple. See, he had been running away from Jerusalem Now he says, I'm going to look back toward Jerusalem and your holy temple again. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. Can you picture that? He goes on with his activity, describing it to the roots of the mountains. I sank down. The earth beneath me bared me forever or barred me forever. But you, Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you. Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them, but I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed. I will make good what I have vowed. I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. Now, why did I read you that passage of Scripture? Because I want you to see something. Suddenly, Jonah becomes spiritually activated. Instead of being overwhelmed by the darkness, he does something that propels him out of the darkness. He begins to be spiritually active. And again, so many times in life that when you're going through the hard times and the dark times of life, the devil wants to rob your prayer life and the devil wants to rob your praise life and the devil wants to rob your church attendance life and your Bible reading life and anything that represents a spiritual activity on your part. He just tells you it's not worth it anymore. It's not helping you. He'll try to, to, to convince you to become spiritually passive. That is the worst thing that you can do. Here's a statement for you. The fastest way out of your dark place is by becoming spiritually active. If you're in a dark place today, don't you stop praying. And if you've stopped praying, start praying. If you're in a dark place today, don't you stop praising. If you've stopped, start praising again. Whatever it is that you've allowed to vanish from your life because of the darkness, re-engage that spiritual activity. Why? Because the fastest way out of your dark place is by becoming spiritually active. Now, I'm learning something in my spiritual journey. I hope it'll help you as I share it with you this morning. I'm learning that I can't speed up God's timing, but I can slow it down. And so I don't want to slow down getting out of my dark place. And if I don't engage spiritually as I should, I can very easily slow it down. You say, well, I see that for Jonah, but are there any other places in the Bible that present to us this principle? Yes, there is. Many places. Let me give you one of them. In Acts chapter 16. Let me tell you a little bit about this before we read it. 
Paul had been called to a place called Macedonia, a city called Philippi, to preach the gospel. He preaches the gospel, cast out a demon from a little girl there, a servant girl, and the master becomes master. The servant girl becomes angry at him, and there's sort of a riot, sort of a d- disturbance that happens in the town. And suddenly, Paul and his his uh, fellow worker Silas are arrested. Take a look at what happens here. Here's the story. Acts 16, verse 22. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them, notice this, ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. That's bad, is it not? And after they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. Another bad deal, okay? And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell. So they're in the deepest, darkest part of the prison and fastened their feet in stocks. About when... Everybody say dark. Dark, dark. Would you agree it's dark at midnight? Okay. About midnight, about one of the darkest times of the evening, about midnight, Paul and Silas were complaining. Is that what it says? No, that's what we would do, right? If I, let's just think, just think with me for a moment. I want you to get right into the story with me. You've been doing good. You've been preaching the gospel. You've been leading people to Christ. You've been driving demons out and setting people free and trying to help people understand how much God loves them. And you find yourself beaten, stripped and beaten, flogged, thrown into prison for doing all of that. What would your attitude be? Would it perhaps be, God, what is this all about? I'm trying to do the right thing and, I'm, and I get this for it. This is the pay I get for doing all of your work, and we could very easily slip into a pity party, could we not? But I want you to see Paul and Silas in a very dark place. Remember, what's the principle in a dark place? What, are, what's, what is our responsibility to become what? Spiritually active, okay? They're in a really dark place, so I want you to see what they do in their darkest place. Paul and Silas were... Praying and singing hymns to God. So notice that in the dark moment of their life, they're exercising this principle. The same way that Jonah, when he found himself in the belly of the whale, he's now praying to God. He's now offering grateful praise to God. He's now remembering God and and reinforcing his vows to God in the dark place. Now, Paul and Silas in their dark prison, what what are they doing? They're praying and singing hymns to God at a time that I'm sure they didn't feel like doing it. They were in this dark moment, but said, you know, we've got to make sure that we stay spiritually active. This is the last time that we need to become passive. We need activity, spiritual activity in our lives. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. What an amazing story as you see not only in Jonah's life, but you also see it in Paul and Silas's life as well. A liberation that occurred for them. The third point that I want to share with you this morning is very clear. Dark places are real. In your dark places, you need spiritual activity to engage in it. Here's the third thing, because God meets you in your dark place. I'll give you a moment to write that down because I don't want you to miss the next statement I'm going to make for you today. Are you ready for it? Simple statement, but I want you to hear it. There is no place that's too dark for God. 
want to say it again. Because there's somebody here today that you're in a dark, dark place in your life and you're wondering if God can get to you. And I'm here to tell you. And if you ever go through a dark place like that in your life, to remember this, there is no place that's too dark for God. Why? Because he is light. Okay? He is light. Okay? There's no place too dark for God. This is the whole essence of Jesus' ministry. As Matthew describes the beginning of Jesus' ministry, I want you to see this. I hope we're getting this today. Leaving Nazareth, this is speaking of Jesus, he, Jesus, went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great who is the light Jesus said I'm going to those people who are living in darkness I've come to them as light on those living in the land of the shadow of death a light has dawned Jesus said there's some people up in that Galilee region that are living in darkness Isaiah prophesied that I as the Messiah would come and usher in light in the midst of their darkness so Jesus is the light giver and Jonah experienced this as well what is he doing in the belly of the fish he's praying he's praising he's he's active he's engaging with God and notice what happens because in Jonah's life as he's doing these spiritual activities and the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land now think with me for a moment if you've been in a stormy boat for a length of time and in the belly of a fish in the ocean for three days what do you really appreciate okay okay you really appreciate dry land okay so God allowed him to be expelled from that ship onto dry land. God responded to him. Please remember there is no place that is too dark for God. Where can I go from your spirit, the psalmist said? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely, if I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light becomes night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. So God meets us in our dark place. Are you in a dark place today? You're a candidate for God to show up in your world right now. But don't be passive, be active. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior, in Jesus' name. 
Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Hi, this is Pastor Dale O'Shields of Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I want to invite you to tune in to our weekly radio program titled Practical Living right here on WAVA every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And I also would encourage you to join us for one of our weekend worship services. All the information about services and locations can be found at our website at church-redeemer.org. That's church-redeemer.org.